Welcome to the M. Kane Coaching Podcast. My name is Marcus Kane, and what we're talking about in this episode is the role that motivation and willpower play in the journey of overcoming binge eating and creating the kind of lifestyle that supports your health as well as your goals. So have a listen to this little story and tell me if it sounds familiar. You want things to be different, like a better relationship with food. You want to feel better, have a body that you enjoy living in and have more confidence or more fulfillment. And you know a little bit about what you might need to do to make it happen. You've been reading and listening to people talking about long-term goals and having the right strategy and discipline and making small steps every day and all that business. But when the moments to make those changes actually come, you just don't feel like you have it in you. You know what to do. But in that moment, in those difficult moments, you feel like, why not just actually stop at the drive-thru after work? Or why not eat a pint of ice cream after dinner? Why actually bother with avoiding those things? Because what you have right now, your life right now, might not be completely lighting up your soul. Like you might even be feeling pretty bad at times, but it works on some level. And why add the effort, pain and discomfort of adding to the stress you already have. So, you know, maybe that block of chocolate you ate by yourself in the car last week was the only moment that day that you felt that you had a couple of minutes of actual peace and the freedom to make a choice that was about something that you wanted in that moment. Now, that situation, I hear a lot. I hear a lot of different versions of that same story from a lot of different people. And that was my own experience of food and alcohol for a very long time. I would look forward to the binges, like these moments of being completely checked out, because those felt like the only moments of peace that I actually had. So as rough as this sounds, though, you can relax because we're about to talk about how you might find your way out of this cycle. Now, I've worked with a lot of people who describe food as being what feels like the last choice they have that they can make completely on their own as something that they give themselves, right? So everything else revolves around responsibilities, work, ambition, or family. And autonomy is a word that comes up a lot when talking about relationships with food. It's unfortunately common for us to feel like the freedom to freely choose what we eat, whether it be a burger for lunch or a pint of ice cream after dinner, is like one of the last areas of life that isn't completely consumed by decisions that need to be made for other people. And at the end of the day, when we're feeling like we're very limited with what we can offer ourselves in terms of something that's going to actually feel good and offer us a moment of peace or reward, food can feel like the easiest and simplest option. Now, what I'm talking about here in this episode is the process I recommend for mustering the motivation and inspiration to break out of that cycle, to have a relationship with food that you're genuinely happy with, and to feel like you're actually in control of your own trajectory. And there are a few different ways to do this. What's most important, though, is that you connect with a method that resonates with you. Remember, answers and solutions are cheap. 
any half-baked Instagram coach can give you answers like, you know, just do this or just do that. Like, and I'm willing to bet that you already know what you want to do or even know what you need to do. It's just that you've never found a path or a method that you feel like a strong, lasting connection to. And this is where motivation becomes relevant. So how to feel motivated and inspired to make different choices when these challenging moments come. The art and science of overcoming urges and making changes comes second to this. What comes first before everything else is feeling a high enough level of motivation or inspiration to engage in that process. So what we're about to cover are key ingredients to be motivated to make choices that we're actually proud of. And actually, as much as some people love to talk about discipline, this little story I'm about to tell you of an old client of mine helps us to see why discipline isn't really at the core of change. So in 2018, I worked with a bloke named Jeff. Now, Jeff ran his own restaurant and owned several apartments in Brighton in the UK. He was extremely hardworking, really successful, and an absolute joy to be around. So when it came to discipline... Nobody could say that he didn't have it. You don't build a successful business from the ground up as well as a real estate portfolio without being disciplined and motivated to do so. But Jeff had a problem, and that was his relationship with food. He had all the discipline in the world, but struggled to motivate himself to apply his well-developed discipline to the skills involved in creating a healthier relationship with food. Now, there's a lot of noise out there about how you need to forget motivation and just become more disciplined. But engaging the mindset of discipline requires us to be highly invested in the result we want, which to me sounds like another way of saying motivation. So to be disciplined, we need to be invested in the result. But the more invested we are, the higher our levels of motivation. So it's almost like a chicken before the egg type scenario. But to me, when people say, oh, you need to be disciplined, it's like, well, discipline is something that we need to muster. And in order to muster discipline, we need to be highly emotionally invested in the result, which is essentially just saying we're highly invested or highly motivated. So when it comes to making the kind of choices we feel proud of, we need to be motivated to do so. We need to be genuinely and honestly attached to the goal on a deep personal level. This is not something that we can do because someone else says we should. We need to believe it's possible and have a rough idea of how to make it a reality. And we need to see ourselves making tangible progress in the right direction. So how does this relate to going through the McDonald's drive-thru or eating a block of chocolate in the car? If you're trying not to reach for the chocolate bar because someone else said you shouldn't, your intrinsic motivation will be low and it's pretty likely you'll just choose the chocolate bar and hide the evidence. If you're unhappy in the present moment but have no idea what you want for yourself in the future or you have some idea but it's not very inspiring, motivation to make a different choice will be low because there's not much incentive to go through the discomfort of doing something different. Or if you're unhappy in the present moment and know what you want, but don't feel like you've got a snowball's chance in hell of getting there, again, the motivation that you experience or the motivation that you're able to muster will be low. 
and were extremely unlikely to employ the necessary tools and skills involved with making a different choice and again, navigating the discomfort of doing something different. So what does this all mean in terms of motivation? For a lot of people, the idea of actually getting what we want isn't quite real enough to provide the motivation necessary to take steps in the right direction rather than just look for ways to medicate the current situation. We often live each day in situations that can look very different to the kind of life that we really want. And that can really put a dent in the energy that we bring to challenging moments, like when we're faced with the idea of a secret block of chocolate or McDonald's drive through after a long day. If everything else feels like an uphill battle, why not just choose the drive through and have five minutes of peace while eating in the car park? And I use this story of the drive through because that was me. Like there were times when I felt like I was a long way from the life I wanted. And after a shitty day, I would finish work really late and hit the McDonald's drive through at 10 p.m. Like even though moments like this weren't the 7000 calorie binges that I'd previously had, it was still something I felt pretty shitty about because I knew those choices weren't exactly being made from a place of power. So if you're struggling to get a foot in the door with changing your relationship with food and making choices that you're proud of, start by being true to who you are as much as possible outside of your relationship with food. Reconnect with your values and your identity. Ask yourself, where in my life can I do a better job at showing up as myself? Where in my life can I do a better job of honoring my own basic needs? Now, this doesn't mean being a selfish prick or being an opinionated douchebag. It means being a good person and honoring who you are in the process. Every week I chat with people who undermine themselves in really small ways like modifying what they choose to eat in public because they're concerned about what people might think if they choose what they actually wanted. And how many of us spend every single day people-pleasing and avoiding confrontation just in the name of keeping the peace? Now, we can't feel strong, highly motivated and confident while at the same time we're betraying ourselves and our own values. So if you want to increase your motivation, your personal power and conviction when it comes to making difficult choices around food, if you want to be able to easily make good food choices because that's just who you are, ask yourself outside of my relationship with food, what are some things that I can be doing to make sure that I'm honoring my own values and my identity? This could mean finding more ways to express your own individuality on a daily basis, actively finding people who inspire you and keeping them at the forefront of your mind, finding mentors, developing the skill of being able to recognize and disregard unhelpful thought patterns, learning good negotiating skills to stop you from being walked over during discussions and confrontations. For this one, I actually recommend Chris Voss's book, Never Split the Difference. Like, getting what you want and being more you doesn't mean being a confrontational prick. Negotiating and getting our own needs met when done right is about leading with empathy. And if there are people in your life who you feel you can't be yourself with, Cut them loose, or at the very least, just spend as little time with them as possible. 
Because feeling motivated starts with having a strong emotional connection to what we want, as well as our belief in ourselves. It's very hard to cultivate those things when we're betraying our own basic needs, values, and identity in a hundred small ways every single day. You don't need to believe that you can move mountains right away. Start with something you feel is manageable and just stick with it. From this moment on, right now, how can you show up more consistently as you? If you struggle to believe certain things are possible for you, give yourself more reasons to believe great things are possible by mustering the courage to show up as yourself every single day. Start as small as you need to and create a few quick wins. And remember not to confuse individuality with overcompensating for insecurity. Honoring your values and individuality might even look like something as simple as choosing different people to hang out with for a coffee or tactfully negotiating a better work situation. These are things that are going to build self-confidence and with increased confidence and self-belief comes increased motivation. So when you're thinking about the motivation and willpower to take some game-changing steps, a good place to start is just by showing up as yourself as much as possible. It'll make you feel proud and that energy will carry over into other areas. There's more than one way to go about this as well. So, you know, if you want to book a consultation with me to talk about your unique situation, my emails and Instagram DMs are always open. And one more thing, in December this year, I'll be opening spaces for my first ever group coaching course which begins in January. I'm doing this because when it comes to things like overcoming binge eating and great health and fitness, more and more evidence is appearing to support the fact that focusing on things like the scales and the mirror doesn't actually help us long term and that if we want to create lasting change, We need to focus on measurable steps that actually make us feel good. Now, every single year, I see people jumping on new diets in January that set them up to fail by March. So I'm putting a stop to this for the people in my programs and making sure that if you come to work with me, it's going to be the last program you'll ever need. So more info will be coming about that over the next few months and spaces will fill up fast once they're made available. So make sure you're receiving my emails. There's a link in the episode description because those emails don't only contain like free exclusive content, they also contain discount codes, info about pre-booking and all that kind of jazz. So thank you for tuning into today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll catch you next time.